Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What time is it? It's brownie time! (laughs) Excuse me. Couldn't get to the cough button there in time. I didn't notice. Uh, did you just put on your Cubs World Series ring? <laughs> it feels good. And I know how much you hate the fact that I got a ring. Yeah, the Hall of Famer, one of the greatest middle linebackers in Bears history indeed down here with Mike Singletary. Did you see Die Hard? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did too. That was awesome. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Samurai. Down to Mark Grody. Hey, Cordero, can I get a couple minutes with you here, uh, man? I need talking today, man. I'm sorry. Okay. So it's been kind of a devastating day for me with, with uh, Bubba and then the bird. So, Bubby. 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 And when the Patriots took a 3 no. nothing lead. I when thought, they took no, a... no, 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 Les. The Bears were America's team. What are you talking about? The, no, they weren't. The no, they weren't. Yeah, everybody. Sure they were. Yeah, they were. Everybody. You weren't down there. I was. Mark Grody, go ahead. Unmute, Mark. Oh, here I am. Unmuted. Oh, hi, Mark. Mark Grody on 670 The Score. Hi, we got a lot to talk about tonight on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score, and we start with some Bears breaking news here tonight. And, man, it is centering on Bears wide receiver Chase Claypool. Claypool, if you were paying attention yesterday, and I understand, like, sun, beautiful Sundays in Chicago, you're probably not paying a lot of attention. Yesterday, Chase Claypool, Bears wide receiver, was placed on the physically unable to perform list, the better known as the pup list, which mean, meant that, or at least we thought, that Chase Claypool would not be available to begin practicing once the Bears hit training camp. And their first practice is two days from right now. It'll be on Wednesday at 10 o'clock sharp. But at 5.48 tonight, just a short while ago, my phone dinged with an email from Bears Communications saying this, July 24th, 2023, 5.48, the Chicago Bears have removed the following player from the active, physically unable to perform pup list, wide receiver Chase Claypool. So Chase Claypool is off the pup list. Chase Claypool is available to play football for the Chicago Bears. If nothing else, Chase Claypool 
has been the center of just a lot of drama. Not like full, all-out, blow-it-out-the-door drama, but just everything that has, since the day he got here, since the day the Bears, you know, somewhat controversially gave up a second-round pick to get Chase Claypool here. He did not have good numbers last year. He had a blow-up on the sideline last year, which I loved, by the way. I love that because nobody else gave a crap. It was time for somebody to blow up. And even if the intentions were selfish, if they were give me the damn ball, I didn't care. It wasn't okay what was going on with the Bears last year and Chase Claypool. Somebody had to blow up, and as it turned out, it was Chase Claypool last year. So I was always down with that, with Claypool and doing that. But this has been an interesting and positive turn of events for the Chicago Bears. So I think Chase Claypool will be practicing for the Bears on Wednesday. Tomorrow, you guys ready for this? Are you ready, Sean? You got your Cubs hat on over there, and we're going to talk about the Cubs in a second. But are you ready for this Bears blast? Because we've been given 48 hours of emotions already. Yeah, this is interesting. I went from being super frustrated and annoyed that Claypool was going to be on the, the, the pup, and now that he's not, I'm just like, I don't know what to expect. It, it, didn't, it didn't make sense to me when that when he was placed on the pup list because of everything that was said, and I get it, it would be naive to think that you know what coaches and GMs say is 100% truthful. That's just the way of the NFL. But after you know being a reporter for a long time, you start to understand what you should and shouldn't believe. And it seemed believable that Chase Claypool's injuries were minor, as they were saying that, with the soft tissue. And we're all thrown off by the ambiguous you know, few other things that might have been going on with Chase Claypool. So that was a concern. It's not like my antenna wasn't up, but I, and part of it was because Chase Claypool was out there during the minicamp, during the OTAs. I and my fellow Bears beat reporters were all watching Chase Claypool out there. He's got the camp hat on. He's engaged with the players. He's obviously, you know, studying and following and being a part of the practice as much as he possibly can. And then just studying his moves, it never really appeared that anything major was going on. And you can't just assume that, for, you know, as an eyewitness, that, oh, he's fine. There, there's no problem with him. It easily could have been some sort of injury that, you know, upper body or something that was less distinguishable. But everything pointed to, okay. It seems like this is a minor injury. Well, like, and then there was those videos that Justin Fields posted, I think maybe last week, where, like, all the receivers were out there working out with him. Like, Chase Claypool's there. It's just kind of like, what? Did he get hurt in Florida? Like, That's the other part. Right. Exactly. That there is video proof and social media proof that it seemed like Chase Claypool was good to go and that he would be fine and that what they were telling us about Chase Claypool was just being overly cautious. There was some form of that phrase uttered out there as well. I'm just paraphrasing. I don't think that was exactly what they said. But it was something in that realm. And then to go on the pup list, it yeah, it was like, okay, maybe there, there something happened. <laughs> something happened, you know, just in the last 48 hours or so. But and we've seen guys get put on the pup list before and then quickly come off of it, but not not in this fashion where... You switched the samples. They did switch the samples. They switched the samples on us. So some scary moments and now a happy moment, I think, for Chase Claypool. 
the really good part about all of this is that tomorrow is the day is report day. There is no practice tomorrow, but guess who's speaking tomorrow? The general manager of the Chicago Bears, Ryan Poles, will speak at 1030. The head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus. Ooh, a little floosy action tomorrow. A little floosy action tomorrow. So that's going down. And players will chase Claypool speak. Now they're gonna have to get make sure they gotta figure get their story straight with the injury. Like what are they gonna tell us? What are they gonna reveal to us? I don't know that they have to tell us what happened with the injury, but it sure would be good. I think it would be good for the Bears. I think it would be good for Chase Claypool if Chase Claypool was brought out there tomorrow because he needs a little bit of positive pub at this point. What was more controversial, this uh, pup and then off the pup list for Claypool or Michael Fulmer as an opener this past <laughs> weekend? Yeah, that was odd. That was and weird, then, huh? Did he get, yeah, he gave up a home run on his first, first pitch. First pitch, first pitch, gone. Yeah. first pitch, and then, then he settled in, as, as we say. But I always like that, and I'm guilty of it, trust me. Like, he I gives up a lead time. off homer, but you know what? He, he settled in. It was pretty nice the rest of the way. No, you blew it. You gave up. A leadoff home run, and then what? Drew Smiley came in. He certainly wasn't much better. Drew Smiley had a very nice start to the season, but he's becoming Drew Smiley now. So yeah, he's looking like a guy that's you know been a career of four plus years. <sighs> Man, so we'll we'll talk. We got more Bears to discuss for sure. We're, we're going to get into it with Alex Brown. Alex Brown, the former Bear, will be on with us at eight o'clock, so we can talk about that situation with him. But I definitely want to talk about defense and defensive line with him. Potsy, Mark Potash will be on at seven twenty. We'll see if he can add some light to what's going on with Chase Claypool, and I will continue to work the phone throughout the night as well to see if I can get any extra information on Chase Claypool. But really, the information is there. He he is good to go and presumably will be on the practice field on Wednesday when the Bears do officially, officially have their first training camp practice. Uh, at 6.20, coming up here shortly, we're going to talk to Megan Montemurro, the Cubs beat writer for the Tribune. 8.20, Alyssa Bergamini, in-game host for the White Sox. We'll talk about the Sox, and she and her mom got to see the Barbie movie. I think the Barbie movie actually looks hilarious. So we'll at the end of our Sox segment with her, we'll ask her a little bit about her experience going to see the very popular Barbie movie. Do you think they went to Oppenheimer before or after? <laughs> Do you think the Barbenheimer I mean, I or Open Barber? Barbenheimer. I think that that would be a perfect weekend, to be honest with you. I, you know, I don't know that. I haven't done a double feature since I was probably about eight or nine years old when they used to do double features. And uh, that's a double feature that I probably could do if I could just sit still the entire yeah, time. Yeah, I feel like I haven't been to a double feature since, like, the drive-ins, right? Yeah, I don't know if those are a thing. I think the drive-ins have kind of made a comeback or just outdoor theaters, not necessarily drive-ins. Drive-ins still exist, but I think that it's the outdoor theater experience that people do enjoy. Right before the show started, and this was before Chase Claypool, a lot of things happening in the hallways, Right before the Chase Claypool news hit, I poked my head into the producer studio where Sean Sears, the voice whom you have heard a couple times here producing the show, like he does. And he said to me that there was an interesting cut from John Heyman regarding the Chicago Cubs. The Chicago Cubs had a very successful weekend. They, they won three out of four. From the St. Louis Cardinals. They won the, the final three straight games of the series after losing the first one. The Cubs now 48 and 51. 
they are six and a half games out of first place as they stare down the, the Crosstown series with the White Sox. But I will tell you that I was very surprised still to hear John Heyman, who is a part of the Molly and Haw show, say this about the Chicago Cubs. Right. I mean, they're still under 500 here as we hit the 100-game mark. So, you know, it wouldn't be crazy to see them as a seller. I think they're realistic. Um, but at this moment, they can't sell. I mean, they're, they're only, you know, five, six games out in their division. So they cannot be a seller. They'll have to wait till the end to see what happens. There's probably 10 teams looking at starting pitching, you know, beyond Houston and Tampa. You've got San Francisco. You have the Dodgers. Atlanta will be looking at starting pitching. Philly, although I think they'll go back end more than anything else, will look at starting pitching. Uh, you know, Boston's a buyer. They obviously need a starting pitcher. Um, you know, Cincinnati needs starting pitching. Texas, they lost the Grom. So, I mean, there's right now 10 teams that need a starting pitcher, and the only guys who are very likely to be traded who are good and can fit into a playoff rotation right now are Giolito, Probably the Detroit guys, um, Eduardo Rodriguez and Lorenzen. You know, maybe Lance Lynn, someone might think he could fit into a playoff rotation. He certainly could be a back-end starter for a contending team. So, you know, I think right now we're in a holding pattern, waiting to see on Stroman and a couple of the others, like Snell, whether they become available. Hmm. So, got a little convoluted right there, but what I heard from John Heyman right there, columnist for the New York Post, MLB Network. He does it all. Regular guest with Molly and Haw is that right now the Cubs are a buyer. That's what I, that's what I heard, right, Sean Sears? Okay, that's what he's saying. Like, he didn't rule out the possibility of the Cubs selling. But right now, he says with the Cubs six and a half games out in the National League Central that the Cubs are a buyer. I respectfully disagree if they maybe if they were three and a half out I would consider the possibility that they should be a buyer I remember asking people when they were three and a half games out or four games out to guests that we've had on here asking them the question if the Cubs are three and a half games out or four games out at the trade deadline are the Cubs gonna buy or sell and the the answer to the question was usually it's a good question I don't really know because do you trust that this team can actually become a playoff team at three and a half games back? Let's listen again. Here, here is John Heyman, and we trimmed it up a little bit more so you can get a better idea of the gist of this and what he is saying about the Cubs in terms of being buyers instead of sellers right now. Right. I mean, they're still under 500 here as we hit the 100-game mark. So, you know, it wouldn't be crazy to see them as a seller. I think they're realistic. Um, but at this moment, they can't sell. I mean, they're, they're only, you know, five, six games out in their division. So they cannot be a seller. They'll have to wait till the end to see what happens. Can't sell, he says. And I, I disagree. I mean, maybe John Heyman trusts the Cubs more. And I will – ask you that question at 312-644-6767. After this weekend, Cubs taking three out of four from the Cardinals. Are you all of a sudden convinced that the Chicago Cubs are buyers? And I am not. (laughs) I am not there. I think that I am way more comfortable with them being sellers at this point. And I've been talking about this, and I talked about it 
on the the Daily Score, the podcast that will drop tomorrow, episode two. And I, I would still like to see the Cubs look at something like Cody Bellinger, the Cody Bellinger thing. It, it cannot be underestimated, the Scott Boris portion of this. I'm guessing the Cubs know that whether or not they should give this guy an extension right now. And I would guess that the Cubs would be interested in giving Cody Bellinger an extension. I would also guess that Scott Boris has told the Cubs, let's just see. You, you, you'll have the same chance as everybody else in free agency. That would be my guess. So now you have a chance to trade Cody Bellinger, in theory, get some prospects on this team. Same deal with Marcus Stroman. Maybe the same thing with Kyle Hendricks. And then what you are doing is fortifying the minor league system so that with the, with the previous batch and this batch, when I say the previous batch, I'm talking about the Rizzo and the Chris Bryant and the Javier Baez trades and the trades with the White Sox and all of the Craig Kimbrell, all of those, like the, the second wave, you are starting to build a farm system with which maybe you can build your teams. But let that cook a little bit. And then guess what? In this offseason, yeah, you make your play for Cody Bellinger. You make your play for Marcus Stroman. See how serious he was about all that love in Chicago. And spend money. The Cubs can be the team that spends the big dollars. Yeah. Don't be afraid to think about Shohei Otani. This idea that you know only the Mets and the Dodgers, the Angels at times, the Yankees at times can be the ones that spend the, the big, the massive money. The Cubs can too, and it's okay to to buy. And I know all GMs they they that are worth their soul. They want to build it their way and through the farm, and that's admirable. But it's also okay to spend a whole lot of money. And we'll get into this more. We'll, we'll ask Megan Montemurro about this from the, the Chicago Tribune. I also want to ask her, too, about what the, the Cubs' core actually is right now. I mean, there, there are the usual names that we think make up the Cubs' core, players that exist right now. But I want to see if that actually is the case with Megan Montemurro. So we'll talk to her next. We have Mark Potash at 7.20, Alex Brown, the former Bear, at 8 o'clock, and then Alyssa Bergamini at 8.20. Sean Sears producing the show. I'm Mark Grody. We are here until 9 on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Get back to more Mark Crody on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Swung on and driven to center field. Going back is the center fielder, Carlson. He looks up. It's in the basket. Cody Bellinger on fire all month long and delivers a two-run homer here in the first. The Cubs up 2-0, and this place is hopping. Nine RBIs in his last three games. Hot has Cody Bellinger been. Matt Spiegel on the play-by-play right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Cubs did good. Took three out of four from the Cardinals this weekend. Boosted their record of 48 and 51. They are now six and a half games out of first place. Cubs at the White Sox tomorrow. It's going to be Michael Kopech against Kyle Hendricks. We'll all get excited about the Cubs and the White Sox games, but so much going on with the Cubs, so let's keep that conversation going right now as we bring in Megan Montemurro, beat writer for the Chicago Tribune. What's going on, Megan? How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing well. I just heard John Heyman from earlier today on the score telling Mully and Haw that he essentially thinks that at this moment, six and a half games out, that the Cubs are buyers. Do you agree with that? Uh, I don't think I'm sold quite yet on the buyer status. Um, you know, I think if they take these two games against the White Sox, that obviously changes the calculus. But, you know, there's still a week to go uh, before really technically they really need to decide on a direction. Now, you know, Jed Hoyer had previously indicated to us that they do – have some sort of criteria of, of when they will commit to one way or the other. Um, I, I just don't know right now if, if they do that. Um, and, you know, I think part of it too is, you know, they have to gain ground in either the wild card or the division. And they've had a really hard time doing that because of generally how well the Reds and Brewers have been playing, um, you know, since, since the Cubs uh, started that series in San Francisco uh, they haven't been able to make up much ground despite having the fourth best record in the majors since then because the Reds had the second best record and the Brewers the sixth best record in the majors during that span. So, you know, they, I think you need to continue to climb up in the standings. Obviously getting back to 500 over these next couple of days is huge. 
Um, I, so I, I'm not quite ready to say definitively that they'll be buyers, but certainly this three-game winning streak into Sox Park is is a great uh, way to build more uh, build momentum towards that. I, I completely agree, and I'm also with you on the 500 thing. Like I can't really take teams seriously unless they hit that even mark, and the Cubs are just three games under right now. So to be continued, they've got a chance to, at least from my perspective, have the opportunity to be buyers, but they absolutely are not there at this point. Megan, at the start of this season, do you think that the Cubs thought that they would be buyers? At the, if they were being honest, do you think that they thought that they would be buyers at the trade deadline, or do you think that they thought that this is one more development year before they begin to sprout in 2024? I think both. I think 2024 has always been, you know, the go year for them, um, you know, given the, the development in their minor league system where some of those top guys would be heading into to next season. But I also don't think that means that they had their sights set on buying this year or selling this year at the trade deadline going into the season, because there is also value of guys learning what it takes to, you know, make the postseason, play in postseason games, you know, that's not something that uh, some key pieces have much experience with. If you look at like a Nico Horner and, and Ian Happ, when, when they're the guys that are expected to perform in those kind of environments, you know, there's not much of a track record there. So, you know, I, I think you need that to make the next jump. Um, so ideally, if you're the Cubs coming into here, you want to see that next step of progression. Um, so I, I don't think they went into the year viewing the, the deadline, you know, as them being sellers. Um, but I do think also 2024 is really where they have to take that massive leap. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, as you said, they they didn't necessarily see themselves, you know, quote unquote, having to be sellers at this point. But here we are, and they're. There do seem to be two healthy sides in regards to Cody Bellinger, whose home run we heard coming in. He's been red hot, as I said, the nine RBIs in the last three games, as you, Megan Montemurro of the Chicago Tribune, have obviously been documenting. Is there a chance the the Cubs could surprise people and actually sign Cody Bellinger? I mean, I don't think you can rule it out. He fits everything you would want uh, to give a guy, you know, a big money deal. He's a five-tool guy. Um, he's so great defensively in center field. He can also play first base really well. So you have that positional flexibility and how you would want to add other pieces to the roster. Um, I mean, I think it will really come down to in part, like, do they think what they've seen is the real deal and that he can repeat that kind of success? Maybe not <laughs> what he's been doing in July, which is MVP level numbers, but just that kind of production over the course of the full season where, you know, you can count on him for power. Um, you know, he, he's a lefty bat that can, you know, give them some boom that they really need. Um, and obviously, you know, it takes two, you know, Bellinger has to see a fit here too going forward, which, you know, I don't, I haven't seen or heard anything that would indicate otherwise. Um, but you never know, like there's 29 other teams that, could see what he's been doing and, and believe in it as well. And um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in the off season. But, you know, I, I don't think you can assume that, you know, he's going to be traded at the deadline either, um, you know, especially with the way they've been trending. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you you even 
posted something on your Twitter in regards to, to Cody Bellinger assuming it is paraphrasing because I don't have it right up in front of me, but the fact that he seems to be very happy here, very comfortable with the direction that Jed Hoyer is is going in. But he, even if he thinks those things, he has to think those things and he has to say those things because now he's trying out for every single baseball team in Major League Baseball. My question is, is do you think that it, that it's possible that Cody Bellinger has actually fallen in love with Chicago and Wrigley Field and Cubs fans in the organization, or is he just saying that? No, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, he he's played for a historic franchise and in a, in an old ballpark, you know, previously in, in Los Angeles with the Dodgers. And, you know, there's a lot of appeal to being a star player, you know, with that type of franchise in, you know, a major market. Um, and, you know, you look at the talent that they already has, you know, in a Dansky Swanson, you know, Hap, Horner, you know, he doesn't have to be the guy. You know, these guys should be stepping up as well. Obviously, they've been going through their own slumps at, at various stretches. But, you know, there's a lot of talent here that should continue to gel and, and continue to grow together over the next couple of years. So, yeah, I can see this being a very attractive um, place for him. And, Obviously, you know, I don't think you can overlook, too, like this is the place where he's been able to get back on track and recapture, you know, the type of player he was, you know, before he was dealing with injuries and struggling to kind of regain that form. And, you know, obviously he's developed a good rapport with the um, the coaching staff, you know, the hitting infrastructure and really been able to, you know, unlock and, and get back on track like, you know, both sides hoped he would. Yeah, no doubt. Talking to Cubs beat writer Megan Montemurro, Cubs beat writer for the Chicago Tribune. You should follow her right now at M underscore Montemurro. That's where you can find her on uh, Twitter right now. If you would like, I'm Mark Grody here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. You mentioned Dansby Swanson, really the, the centerpiece, I think, of the new core of Cubs players. And it's so good to see that guy back. I, I didn't realize just how valuable he was because you could feel him missing, whether it was offensively and I think especially defensively. So it's really good to see Dansby Swanson back out there. But I'm thinking in my head about what the 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 Cubs core, at least in theory, what is the Cubs core right now? And I would say that it is Dansby Swanson, that it is Nico Horner, that it is Ian Happ, that it is Seiya Suzuki, but I'm pretty positive about Swanson and Horner. I'm not completely convinced about, especially say a Suzuki. And I think he, I thought he was going to be a corner piece to when the Cubs were winning again. What do you think about say a Suzuki? Where do you think the Cubs are with him? Do you think that they are overall a little bit surprised and disappointed in him? I think there's been a little bit of surprise in terms of how his power hasn't translated in terms of home runs. Um, you know, he has that capability in his swing. You know, he has a really great eye at the plate. I think sometimes he just gets caught overthinking and trying to do too much. Um, and, you know, David Ross talked about this within the last week or so, just like how he's still working to find an individual day-to-day routine as a hitter that, you know, gets him in a good place um, every game. You know, he has a routine where if they're – facing, you know, a, you know, guy that has a really great four-seamer, 
you know, pregame he's going to be doing key work, you know, where he's, he's trying to hit elevated fastballs. And if they're facing more of a sinker ball pitcher, you know, he'll do cage work pregame where he's trying to um, handle those down and inside pitches and, and try and go the opposite way or drive the ball to the gap in the cage. So, you know, I think it's still for him, you know, there is a lot of adjustments going from, you know, a, a an, a league in Japan and, you know, your home to a different culture environment and, and pitchers you've never seen before. And so maybe that adjustment has taken a little longer than both sides thought, but, you know, there still is a lot of potential in his bat. Um, he's shown what he can do defensively. I mean, there's that play that he made the other day yeah. uh, on that Goldschmidt ball that, you know, save, <laughs> that the, save the game. That was, that was right. the game where the ball went under Morrell's legs, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So like you see, you see what makes him a, a potentially great player. It's just, he hasn't had many stretches where he's put it all together. Last couple of things for you, Megan. And number one is, is it possible that the Cubs will, no matter what they do with the trade deadline, buy, sell, that they would spend big money in this off season and sort of open things up and maybe do it differently than they've done it in the past as opposed to depending on prospects and minor deals to maybe doing a couple whoppers? <laughs> I mean, I think they need to. I mean, especially if, you know, if um, if they don't bring back, bring back Stroman, you know, they have to feel that, <laughs> fill that top of the rotation spot, whether it's through a trade or free agency, like, they're, they're, they're going to have to invest some sort of resources to take this roster to the next level. And, you know, it's, it's still a star league. I mean, you look at some of the best teams, they have some of the best players in the league, and it's can you find identify the right guys to incorporate into that group that they have? I think it's pretty clear that they need more power in this lineup. They need to have more quick strike ability. Um, you know, that was an emphasis going into last off season. It'll have to be another emphasis going into this off season. Um, but yeah, I, I think they have to spend, they're a big market, you know, they're making money Wrigley, you know, is despite some of the struggles, they've had pretty consistent, strong crowds. Um, you know, so they really need to, to kind of parlay whatever success they can have this year. Um, if they do add at the trade deadline, um, and carry that momentum into the off season. And the last thing, Megan, and you know we're always looking for juice when it comes to the the Cubs Sox series, and I don't mean that in the gambling terminology way. I just mean like in terms of the excitement and what can we do to to boost this game. I I guess just like what you were saying that the the Cubs, you know, if if they can sweep the Sox, take two out of three, then maybe we start to think about them as being buyers. So you've got the, the spoiler potential with the White Sox. What are you, what are you looking at for this, this Cubs-Sox series to get fans in our city excited? I mean, I'm, I'm really looking for, you know, the Cubs um, to, to set the tone. I mean, when they've had success this past week and really throughout the season, um, it's when they – have stretches where they their offense puts up four plus runs in an inning like they mm -hmm. have to find a way especially against a struggling Sox team you know I know the cliche that you, you don't pay attention to your to your opponent's record but like they have to jump on some of these pitchers and you know the offense really needs to to keep going because you know they've shown what they can do when the pitching staff and especially the rotation you know is going well 
but really when they've been at their best, it's the offense that has carried them. Um, so I'm going to be interested in seeing, like, are they able to really, you know, go, go after, be aggressive, and find ways to add on runs because, you know, I think that's going to be the difference. Yep, we shall see. Megan, thank you for your time as always. Always appreciate your wonderful insights. Thank you. Yep, thanks for having me. Yep, Megan Montemurro of the Chicago Tribune. Yeah, and I'll ask the question. We'll open up the phone lines now. 312-644-6767. Did the Cubs winning three out of four from the Cardinals to get the six and a half games out in the division and still three games under five hundred? did that turn the, the Cubs into buyers? Do they have to consider themselves buyers ahead of the August 1st trade deadline? 312-644-6767 to call or to text, and we will get to your calls Pronto here coming up uh, after the break. As far as that Cubs-White Sox game tomorrow, Michael Kopech against Kyle Hendricks. Your call's next here. I'm Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Let's get back to more Mark Grody on Sports Radio 670, The Score. I don't think we look at teams' records when we go in to play them. Um, Yeah, it's always fun having uh, in-town rivalry. It's just nice. Uh, It's like... Uh, we just go across across town to still travel, which is always nice. It's a nice little long home stand after the All Star break, and yeah, we'll, we'll enjoy this off day, nice home series, and uh, get after them on Tuesday. Comes at the White Sox tomorrow, start of a mini two game series. Michael Kopech against Kyle Hendricks, and yeah, this does look like there can be some consequential things going on in this series. I don't think the the Cubs are buyers at six and a half games out. John Heyman thinks that they have to consider themselves buyers at this point, six and a half games out ahead of the August 1st trade deadline. So if you look at it like I'm looking at it, and I think Megan Montemurro, who we just had on from the Chicago Tribune, generally agreed too that not quite, not quite. They're not quite buyers yet. I mean, so if you look at it that way, the Cubs essentially have to win this series or sweep this series and so the White Sox, if if you're looking for something, a little bit of juice, the White Sox can play the part of spoilers here because the White Sox are 41 and 60 right now. They are 19 games under 500. They are 12 games off the first place pace, and uh, you know, the, I don't think the, the White Sox are going to be buyers in any way, shape, or form. We can stop with with that possibility but some interesting things could happen still in this Cubs and White Sox series 312-644-6767 is the number I asked the question before the break with the Cubs rejuvenating themselves against the Cardinals winning three out of four and getting to six and a half games back do you agree with John Heyman that they have to be considered buyers at this point or do you agree with me and what Megan Montemurro was saying not quite not quite yet we start with Andre in Chicago Andre, you're on the score. What's going on? Hey, so I got to agree with my buddy, man. He made all the sense in the world. We got to ride it out. And then think about it like this. We wouldn't even be having this conversation if they would have signed Belly to four or five years. If you can get Jay Hay 180 for seven, you definitely can get Belly just some money. Come on now. <laughs> I'd like to see them do that. I wouldn't mind that. I'll thank you for the call, Andre. I appreciate it. Yeah, I want to see them spend. I, I would love it if the Cubs could, in free agency, spend what they needed to spend to get Cody Bellinger. One part, too, that we should be careful with here, 
is is Cody Bellinger completely fixed? Is, is he is he back? Is he really back? Is do we, is Cody Bellinger 2019 MVP was it? Yep, 2019. 2019. Is that Cody Bellinger back? All signs point to that. Yes. It is that he is in terms of man, I love watching that guy hit. I love his batting stance. Like he's got a danger factor. You know what I mean? Like some guys in even though they are danger, they don't have great stances. Like Mike Trout, he going to look dangerous up there. Man, Cody Bellinger looks very dangerous and he's got a wicked swing and he plays a beautiful center field as well. So there are a lot of pluses in the way that Cody Bellinger has played this year. But is he really back? Is he truly back? Like, it's all good. He's fixed. You can put the final layer of wax on, and he's all good to go. He, he is Cody Bellinger, 2019 superstar. Not sure. Let's go to Jim in Glenview. Hello, Jim. You're on the score. Hey, how you doing? I'm well, Jim. How are uh, you doing? There's- good. I think you have a, a better handle on the Cubs than almost anybody else I listen to, so... I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go back to 21 when they did the same thing. They're gonna buy it, they're gonna sell, <laughs> and they said they were gonna buy. And then Ricketts got the greatest gift of all. They lost 13 in a row, and he didn't have to sign the three guys. He got rid of all of them. And since Theo left, he was full of pee and vinegar at the beginning. He's been a lousy owner. We had a minor league team for almost two years. Mm. Okay, he spent no money. He wanted to get back what he lost in the, in COVID. And even now, you talk about buying or selling. Why can't you just stay still? Keep <laughs> Bellinger, keep the pitcher. Yeah. And next year, add another couple of guys. Yeah, open okay. the pocketbooks, right? He has he has more. He's more interested. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I know it's a cut station, and people don't like to do this about the owner. This is. You could talk about Jed Hoyer all you want. He can't do anything unless Ricketts gives him the money. Right. Yep. And, you know, I'll tell you what. The, the, the one thing that really angered me that had to have been on Tom Ricketts' watch is the, was the U Darvish trade. That said everything. That when they were in that spot and you have this guy who was playing or pitching as well as we've ever seen him. I know he had a slow start with the Cubs. But he became great. He was a Cy Young candidate that year. Yeah. Yeah. 60-game season, but still, I mean, that's he sold pretty low on a Cy Young guy. Remember what we were doing with the Jake Arrieta, you Darvish thing? And it looked like Jake Arrieta had – had because had, he had a good start with Philadelphia. He did. And, it, and Darvish was a mess early on. And then he became, like I said, as good, like, prime Texas years all of a sudden for you, Darvish. He'd and thrown 12 pitches at ease. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, and it didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense except to slash salary to, and, you know, some of it pandemic-related and some complications there. That was the really, the, really the biggest issue I've ever had with, with Tom Ricketts. Other than that, he always sounds like he's amenable to giving out what the Cubs need, and we'll really find out in this offseason. It's funny, we were talking about, like, you know, trading guys off is our last caller. Was it Jim? Yeah, Jim. Great call, Jim. Yeah, I, I do have a great handle on the Cubs. Thanks, Jim. Um, I talked about this with you the other day, Sean. Yeah. The Jock Peterson trade. Was that 2021? 2021, yeah. Years are hard. Mm-hmm. Jock Peterson was traded that year. So I'm, think, like, I'm thinking, like, what's a parallel with Cody Bellinger? 
like lefty lefty, and then I'm like, okay, what about Jack Peterson? I was, I was trying to remember what going through my notes. Where did what did they get for Jack Peterson? You know who they got for Jack Peterson? Bryce Ball. Oh yeah, double B baby, double B. Who? Hey man, you've been following Sean and I. Do we? Nobody covered Bryce Ball. Like we did in the overnights. I think you could have ended it with nobody covered Bryce Ball. <laughs> nobody else. Could. Yeah, that was it. But we were excited. At least I was. Because is, isn't he big? He's like a six-five. Yeah, lefty slugger. Lefty, oh, it's the next Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, that's yeah, me, right? by the way. That, yeah. I'm not making fun of anybody else. I'm making fun of myself right now. Oh, Bryce Ball. He's gonna be. Oh man, this is. Here we go. We got another one. And Bryce Ball no longer in the organization. Just barely hanging on in the Cleveland organization right now. I believe at last within the last forty-eight hours, it may have changed. We don't follow Bryce Ball as closely as we once did, but that that is a point in favor of the caller that you don't always get something sustainable. There is no guarantee with prospects, that is for sure. But I do like the idea of them continuing to stockpile by potentially trading some of these players, and then you spend. And I do understand where he was coming from with enough of this crap, enough with the selling your guys and getting prospects and all that. Keep these guys, sign these guys. But you do want to have a fortified farm system. You do want to be able to have you know three or four starters at least that are playing on your roster. And I think that, that if you continue to, you know, if you make these splash trades this year, in theory, that possibility exists. And then, and then you spend and you spend and you spend, and maybe you're competing Next year. 312-644-6767. I think we got time for one more call before the break. Am I Leo or Mike right now? Sean, help me out. Uh, let's go to Leo. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Leo, Leo, you're on the score, buddy. Hey, guys, I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, so I just want to preface this by saying I do not want to sell, and I want to echo what Jim was saying. However, what gives me pause, and I know it's a different team, and I know it's a different situation, but you got to look at the Nick Castellanos thing when he was on the Cubs because yeah. if we do not trade mm-hmm. and then we don't re-sign Bellinger and then he's tearing it up, nothing will make me more upset That's because we don't comp. trade, we stick yeah. with the same team. Yeah. It's the Nick Castellanos all over again because we don't spend money. So. Yeah, it's a great call, man. It's a great call. Sorry we had to cut you off a little bit early there. We are up, up against the clock, as we say, of the radio business. But that is such a great call. Nick Castellanos was absolutely terrific. Did that break your heart, Sean Sears, that yeah. Nick Castellanos never was? Because he seemed like he want. well, God, they I all just, say they want to be Cubs. But. I remember him in his last game against Wrigley. He sat on top of the dugout for like a good 20 minutes yeah. after that last game, just kind Soaking of staring it, it out. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, obviously he knew it was unlikely he was coming back. But, yeah, that was a bummer. How many? I mean, God, didn't he hit like 22 doubles for the Cubs? Yeah, no, <laughs> yes, he was a doubles machine, and I know that there was – at least this is what I heard. I don't have firsthand, you know, information on this, but the reports were that you know Nick Castellanos, he's the golden child of the locker room, and people are talking about you know that that's the way you act, that's the Cubs' way, and I think that it might have turned off some of the veterans in that locker room as well. Again, I obviously have not been in a Cubs locker room since uh, 2017, but there was some whispers. Of that, but I'm glad that the caller brought that up because that is a a great comp right there. Coming up in a little bit, we're going to talk Bears with Mark Potash. That's at 7:20. If you have not heard, Chase Claypool taken off of the physically unable to perform list. In other words, right now, as we speak, 
He is ready to practice and to report to camp tomorrow. The first practice will be on Wednesday, so we'll see if Potsy can uh, give us a little bit more insight on what exactly happened with Chase Claypool. Alex Brown will join us later in the show, as will Alyssa Bergamini, to talk about the White Sox, and we have to talk about the Barbie movie as well. So we will certainly get into that. When we come back, we'll take more of your calls at 312-644-6767. Continue to talk about whether or not you think the Cubs should be buyers or sellers right now. Something about Wilson Contreras has piqued my interest. Also something on the the White Sox that I heard somebody say in regards to Tony La Russa, which I disagreed with. We will get into all of those things coming up here in just a few minutes on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Just be cool. Just be cool. Everyone be cool. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 